as you probably have heard on our yeah. podcast, they usually start with <laughs> like laughing because it's so ridiculous. Eventually, we're just going to have to, you know, pull back the veil and realize that the recording We've has already begun. started. We've been talking, <laughs> we've been joking. And so now we just hit record. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hello and welcome to the HEA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me is my best friend, Kelsey. Hello, everyone. And our guest today to talk about love in Las Vegas is Stacia Suzanne, who is going to be coming out with her debut novel, The Gamble, on uh, January 5th. Welcome. Thanks. It's so fun to be here. I'm very excited to talk with you guys. Yay. So as we mentioned briefly, we're going to be talking about Las Vegas and romance in Las Vegas. But before, Kelsey, Weekly Hots. Weekly Hots. Do you remember your Weekly Hot Summer? I do. Go for it. <laughs> While you remember it, I want you to say it. Okay. <laughs> so I always have to text Kelsey my like little keyword reminder so that I will remember them. So mine was, I was having, you know, romancing and... There was a few moments where Gabby just was like, oh my God, like you're so hot. And it was like, <laughs> no, it was like not that surprised and like, oh my God, actually you're kind of hot. But it was just like, <laughs> like she just seemed just like stunned by my beauty. And that can just make you feel so good when it's like, you know? Rightfully so. But it's a good yes, summer. Rightfully so. Were, was there something special you'd done? Like, did, you know, you have your hair in a certain way or anything like that? <laughs> How, however I put my hair, it never stays there for long. <laughs> I'm just trying some, you know, new positions. So I, she was getting a view from different angles, but it was, it was always a great boost for my ego. Hot, hot. I don't usually hear you talking about you and Gabby in that, I don't know, hot sort of way. We No, we don't. I try to, since I'm like much more public with my identity, and I know that Gabby is much more shy about sharing private details. So usually my things are like bumper stickers or coffee <laughs> in bed, but this one was too good to pass up. Yeah. My husband is the same way as Gabby. They would get along very well. So just this past week, Mr. EMT was over. Fan <gasps> favorite. I know. Stacey, I wanted to let you know. Fan favorite. He was fan a- favorite. Fan favorite from Stacey. <laughs> and we we had just had a night where we were just like, I think we just watched a movie. Like that was it. And I was like, okay, like we're not getting down and dirty. It's just gonna be like a movie and hang out and that kind of night. Like, all right, I'm good with this. We get into bed. It's probably very late. I am, I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of person. Mr. EMT ruins that every single time he comes over. Like I just need to, I sacrifice so much sleep for this person, but it's worth it. It's worth it. The pheromones, the hormones, the endorphins, all that worth it. So we're in bed. Maybe like we've said goodnight, two minutes have passed and all of a sudden like I feel them knock, knock, knocking at your back door. I just, there's <laughs> like literally back door or no, oh, I don't know. I think that's a, I think that's like a Courtney Kardashian. No, it's Scott Disick from like ancient keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> there's like this clip of Scott being like, 
like knock knock like who's there it's me knocking at your back door <laughs> same i thought it was, i thought that was related to like a guy when he spooned the girl behind it's like knocking at your back door no, that's what no I it, it definitely it definitely that's what he was you know alluding to and i was as well but i guess I guess we should just let you finish. No, <laughs> no Kelsey, to. we've actually we've actually put in this whole story for you, and we're finishing your weekly pod. It was more like a prompt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that there was some knocking at my back door, so you're you guys are not wrong <laughs> with that. I was gonna maybe just like not say that, or who knows, but definitely happened. But what I want to say about this particular encounter experience is we did not say a single word the entire time but the synchronization that was in this x amount of period of time was flawless like absolutely flawless and to have moments like that where like the fact that we didn't talk and it was in the pitch black like it just it amplified everything in a way that i don't typically experience just the synchronization. That's what I keep going back to. It was incredible. Like Olympic swimmers, synchronization. <laughs> That's it. We were Olympic swimmers that night. There was definitely some Olympic swimmers at the end. They were some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully they got cut off at the pass though. Cause you know, it's just like, unless you wanted to, I don't know. <laughs> I was say, were they cut off? Were they spread? Uh, who knows? Where did they land? Yeah, right? <laughs> Have y'all seen the, have y'all seen the like underwater videos of the synchronized swimmers? (laughs) (laughs) Have y'all seen them though? Yes, I have. Like the most insane. (laughs) So now I'm just picturing you and Mr. EMT with like (laughs) nose plugs and like clown makeup and And just completely in the dark and silent. I don't know. Who, I don't even know what Mr. EMT looks like, but they're usually like hot and built. And I can just imagine like how he looks underwater, right? He's all muscular and lean. I just like picturing him like swimming upside down with the little nose goggles <laughs> on, and then the, the like they always the flutter their arms to like the stay in place. You know that that's all I'm picturing now, Summer. Thank you. Like it was a couple weeks ago that I was trying to bring up like a sexy motorcycle incident and you brought up your childhood and now I bring up the synchronization and just the word sets you off and now that's what I'm gonna picture the next time we have sex. Are we synchronized swimmers right now or are we not? Are we gonna flap around or are we not? You know blood, please. It happens. Okay. Yeah. All right, Stacy, your turn. <laughs> My weekly hot. Okay, this is true story. The okay, so I'm old. Obviously, you guys are much younger than I am, and I just want to kind of give you a little bit of history. Like, really, since the 1800s, like the vibrator's been one thing. Like, it's always been the vibrators. Never been nothing else. Finally, Sex in the City happens, and they have the rabbit. I'm sure you've heard of the rabbit. You were probably 12 when that all came out, but it was like the rabbit, right? So then it was like, oh my god, a big thing on a vibrator fun. It's so great. So everybody got on the vibe, the rabbit bandwagon. Then there's nothing else. There was nothing else to them. But I'm all about technology and improving. So I got recommended a new sexual toy. Maybe you guys know about it, but it's a new sexual toy from TikTok. And I had posted a video that was about having a bad day and using the shower head to 
wash away the bad day. And, <laughs> and one of my favorite people who follow me, she told me, she's like, if you're like, don't use the shower head anymore. I have this waterproof toy. It's called the, the clitoral stimulator. And she said she bought one for her wife and she said, and it's waterproof and her wife doesn't even use the shower head anymore. So have you guys heard of this? I have not. Oh my God. Please educate me because I'm actually on the market right now. Oh my gosh. So there it is, this little toy. I actually went online to do some research about it. It 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 was invented in the mid 2010s and it, it actually gives the clit a little bit of a, it uses air to suck a little bit on the clit. So it's supposed to mimic oral sex. So it'll suck and it'll give these little uh, puffs of air. It looks like, if you look at it, it looks like one of those things that they use to polish your teeth when you go in where it's got a little thing on the end, but it's actually a clit air sucker. So I go online and I'm like, I got to try this, right? And by the way, also my son is going up, he went up to Reno for a graduation. He lives with us full time. So we don't get a lot of just like walking around the house alone, sexy time. So I go online, I buy $350 worth of sex toys. And one of them is I needed to stock up because I was, you know, stale. So, so Mr. Suzanne got some too. And, but we won't go into him. That's his private stuff. And, but I got that one and, oh my God, like it is everything that they talk about. So my friend who follows me online got one for all of her daughters as well. And I was like, this is the mom I should have had. This is the mom I should have had. So, but it is the, the latest hot thing. It's like, really, it is so effective. You could go into a bar order some drinks, go into the bathroom, use it on yourself, have an orgasm and be back before they've made the drinks. That is exactly how good it is. So highly recommended. And that, that's my weekly hot. It was a great, you know, graduation weekend for us with the sun gone. <laughs> waterproof. If you want to be in the bathtub with Mr. EMT or like we use the, well, I shouldn't say it. You know, we have a pool that's included backyard so go i love this i love this i think that wins the award for weekly hots it does and this okay so this makes me so pleased because that is the sex toy i was at a sex sex words i was at a sex shop the other week with mr emt and we were looking at that but i didn't know that that was its name he just like mentioned it in passing and he was like i think you would really enjoy that so now i'm having two endorsements here you you do have two embers. Now you were talking about I think orcs yesterday, and someone had two clits, and I was thinking, wouldn't that be great? Because you could do like A B simulation. You could be like, I'm use the vibrator over here, this over here, and then decide which one gave you the best kind of reaction. <laughs> I mean, you could do your own, but it wouldn't be the same as having two clits. So. That is, man, these like orc romances. They really they would get into the sex toys. I'm sure there's some fanfic out there into that. There has got to be, there has got to be. So, and thanks. I want to, you know, shout out to my uh, friend who follows me and um, gave the recommendation. I'm trying to figure out a way to promote it on TikTok without getting banned, but so far I haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, I think I missed the name of it. What's it called? I have to look it up right now. It's called a clitoral stimulator. So oh, that's like actually what it's called. It's actually, that is exactly what it's called. So Adam and Eve, by the way, has a great selection of, I just went with the standard 55,000 people bought this and did great. <laughs> My husband did come back to me after I bought all that and said, what is Adam's email? Like, I'm like, clearly, clearly. oh my God, that is not right. That is, that is a fraud. Call the bank right away. And then he goes, Adam and Eve. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's that amount. Is it the Satisfier Pro next generation over 500,000 sold? Uh, yes. Yes. It's like rose gold, that little like. Yes. Head whitehead thing yes and it has like 10 different like speed not it's not speed so it's not a vibrator it's a pulsator but it yeah apparently for some people shocking to me at my age but i guess for some people it's too strong at my age yeah it's fine you want to put on mild for the youngsters feel free (laughs) oh i love this i think we're we need to get them to sponsor a podcast Please. And I would like any samples. Yeah, me too. Me too. I am I will definitely do a product review. Yeah, I'd be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> should we like get into the books at some point? I feel like we're just going to chat the whole time. So we should like mention the books for a minute at least because maybe <laughs> I read your book and I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> Personally. The first draft. First draft. Just the first draft though, I am still very excited about it. So I feel like we should do books and then we can keep chatting again because this is this is flow. I'm loving the flow. I have other recommendations, by the way, Kelsey, for Mr. Oh. EMT if he's okay. Yes. I love this. And I should stop recording. <laughs> this is the bet by Max Monroe. I got it in the cover to cover box. And It is the story of a classic playboy who is a club promoter in New York, and he has an amazing experience with a woman named Belle, who is a bride-to-be, and she is at his club for a bachelorette party. And her sister organizes it and gets her this exotic dancer, and this guy shows up, Jude, They had originally booked Maverick, but Jude, he loves, he loves a bet, hence the name of the book. So he's like making a joke with Maverick, who's one of the dancers at the club that he works for as a promoter. And he's like, oh, I bet I could bring in more tips than you. And he's like, no, you couldn't. And he's like, I bet I can. So of course they bet on it. So this is the one night that Jude is going to dance as an exotic dancer. And he does such a good job that in fact, Belle has an orgasm without any of her clothes being removed or any of her lady bits being touched just by his dancing alone and he's like holy shit did she just did she just do that and he also is like wow she's really pretty but also you know she's a bride like she's about to get married now wait Um, can i just ask a question i don't mean to interrupt you but like did he actually touch her rub against her or just the thought of him gave her an orgasm so i there was some like he was doing an upside down like headstand <laughs> thing 
like on her? I was confused. Okay, wait. So let me actually, let me just read this because maybe you guys can help me because I was kind of, <laughs> I was confused as well. He says, so she's sitting in a chair and he says, wrap your legs around my waist, gorgeous. It's time to really give your friends a show. She gasps as I lift her from the chair to the small stage in the corner of the room. I flip her upside down, roll her to the floor, spread her legs, and do a spinning headstand in between them. As I fall to a push-up position over her body, she squeals and the other woman shriek as I put my head between her legs, careful not to touch anything, and blow. She shivers hard, really fucking hard, and my heart kicks up in my chest. Did she just, holy shit. Blow, did you understand that? Blow, that is the, what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but I was, I got lost in the spinning headstand and the push-ups and do you, yeah. like, do you know where he was? I feel like she's on the ground, almost on her back. Yeah. And then he. But he flips her over at one point. Yeah, so I bet he brought her up on the chair. So I think he tips her over and kind of like flips her around to get her off the chair is my guess. No, he's she's he's picked her up out of the chair. Her oh, legs God. are wrapped around him. And then he flips her over, but lays her down, but rolls her, and then does a headstand and blows. Wow. Okay, so she, now she's on her stomach because he flipped her over, and then he rolls her, so now she's back on her back. This is what my mind's saying. And then wow. he, you know, stimulates her with his push-up and headstand. Spinning and blowing. So, yeah, and the blowing. Yeah. We can't is, this is just a synchronized episode, you might say. <laughs> Actually, that did take some synchronization. I mean, really, that's impressive. I am for a first-time dancer, right? Yeah. Um, but basically, he's like, wow, this girl's amazing. But also, she's engaged. She's about to get married. Like, he's not, he doesn't do that shit. Good. <laughs> Turns out, which we know this, but he didn't know this, the bride that he was dancing, dancing and head spinning with is the bride's twin sister. Because when they arrive at the club, her twin sister starts freaking out and she's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want all the attention on me. Like, I'm going to be mortified. Like, you have to switch places with me. So the woman that he felt a connection with, with a spark with, is actually single. So, of course, a few days passes. She has, she's been going to therapy. Her therapist has been trying, not because of that, not because of that. (laughs) But her therapist has been, like, trying to get her to, you know, go on dates, get out there more, and encourages her to kind of, like, live a little. So she finally gets on a dating app. She gets goes on a date with the first guy that she finds on the app. And who does she see at the restaurant? (gasps) The guy who gave her an orgasm without ever touching her. And who does he see? A woman who he can't stop thinking about. And she's on there with a date. So he goes over and, you know, says, hi, like, congratulations. Like, I hope the wedding was great. (laughs) And the dude's like, you're married. And, you know, gets off, storms off. And she's like, she's obviously annoyed because she took a risk, went on a date. And then this random guy who has her all in the tizzy shows up, ruins it. So he's like, fine, I'll show you a good time. They go out to all these different bars. Obviously, they end up having sex again that night. And it kind of continues that way where they keep going on like little sexcapades. She's like really pushing herself out of her comfort zone. You know, 
he doesn't check all of her boxes because he's you know a notorious playboy and he anytime he like wakes up in the morning he's already has left and she's like you know his thing is he's jude winslow he he doesn't get attached like not for him and then he's a club promoter so he gets invited out to vegas for a trip to work with a club and they have another great sexcapade romp for three days all over vegas she mentions in there actually one of the reviews said like this is a tale of orgasms from new york to vegas and just like that so that's that was a big a i mean big part like i'm sorry tale of orgasms from new york to vegas my life goal <laughs> Yeah, so basically they have a sexcapade all across Vegas. She mentions how, like, she wishes she wanted to be a Girl Scout when she was younger because they say something about, like, badges. Anywho, and so he's like, oh, like, you could collect badges. Oh, wait. Maybe it's because he kept collecting her panties. He kept, like, collecting Uh. her panties, and she was like, oh, what are you, like, a Boy Scout? And he's like, no, are you a Girl Scout? But anywho... He calls up the concierge and somehow between when they're like joining the Mile High Club en route to Vegas and when they land in Vegas at the hotel, the concierge has somehow printed a t-shirt that says like secret scout or secret club and he has all these different badges and she gets a badge whenever he can make her orgasm, which obviously happens many times all over Vegas. And... Then they get back to New York and, you know, things are still going well. He invites her to dinner or not dinner. First, it's a mathlete competition with his niece and his whole family is there. And it's a really big deal because he doesn't ever bring any girls around. He obviously is having feelings. She's having feelings. And she's like, okay, well, you know, he's inviting me out to this thing with his entire family. Obviously, it's something more. And then the next morning, he's like... It's like, I'm going to go. Like, you know, this wasn't anything serious. Like, we're just having fun. <sighs> and of course, the fish. Throwing up a flag on that one. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I kept hoping because every time he would get up in the morning and like wouldn't be there, he would say, sometimes he would say like, oh, I have to get home. I kept hoping, you know, that every time he said he had to go leave and maybe he had like a a pet hamster or like a dog or something that was his whole life and he had to get back home to it or maybe he had like a little sister he had to take care of or something like that yeah that's what I would think but it it wasn't I think he just you know he was a playboy and he's like I can't give her what she deserves because I promised myself I was never gonna settle down and this whole thing is that his and this was mentioned like maybe a few times in the beginning was that his brother who's really close with there's a lot of like family texts and family dinners going on got stood up at the altar so he's like oh love sucks and anywho it's a very it's a very character driven story it's dual pov they're definitely they promised lots of orgasms and they delivered (laughs) i think my hold up was that it's not my genre and i felt like Mm. You know, it's hard to rate a book that you just know, like, isn't your your pick. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Max yeah. Monroe, it's an author duo, and they're, like, hugely successful, and they have great reviews. And the writing was funny, and the sex was sexy. 
I think it just, you know, it wasn't my, it wasn't my genre. There was no murder. There was no kidnapping. <laughs> there were no like Coke can infant sized or cocks. So yeah. What are you going to do when it's just two normal humans? <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah. Don't you have a rating system too? Yes, I do. We rate out of 10 and I feel like, I feel like I'd want to give it like a six out of 10. It probably is a much higher score if it was my genre, but you know, I got it in a paperback. I got it with this book box. It perfectly aligned with Stacy's Vegas themed series. And I was like, this is synchronicity synchronized that I felt like I had to give it a shot. And I did. The universe was speaking to you. They're like, oh, Stacy's gonna be on. I'm gonna send you this Vegas stuff. Exactly, see, so. And it is a really pretty book. I don't know if you guys can see the cover with my like. The cover is gorgeous. I love it. Highly jealous. On the back, it has this like holographic. That is nice and thing. Is that a printed glass? Yeah, martini glass with like dice going in and a stack of um, poker chips. Yeah, that's super cool. I do love pretty things for a bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But then spice, I would probably give it like a solid three and a half, maybe a four just for the frequency. In terms of adventurousness, there was a lot of like exhibitionist sort of stuff, but always kind of like on the down low, like not super, super obvious. They did go to a sex club once and they like, he rented this room that was like a bedroom with glass walls. So so people could like watch them but he panicked and was like oh, i don't want to share her did so they end up happily, happily ever after yes it is an h8 it is a romance but okay. i was just i was hoping that the conflict wasn't going to be what i thought it was going to be the whole time which was the playboy starts feeling feelings and is like i can't do it well, I'm glad you didn't read the gamble because we have some like straight up people that are just having sex and like have conflicts. It's like, thank God, thank you, Kelsey, for not reading this. That's, okay. that's, that's much more my life, so I can relate to it a lot better. Perfect. So I, first of all, I just want to say thank you for like having me on because I haven't actually read a lot of Vegas books. I just feel like I live in Las Vegas and so I haven't. And oh my gosh, I'm freaking in love with Las Vegas books now. So I read King of Diamonds by Renee Rose and she has, it's a whole series and the King of Diamonds, when you first read it, you think it's going to be a mafia romance, but I would call the main character guy like a cinnamon roll mafia guy because his whole family is mafia, but he's trying to go straight by running a hotel. So Uh, The main uh, female character, she's uh, graduated from, just graduated from college. She's an art history major. She uh, has a boyfriend up in Reno, but he ends up cheating on her. So just in sadness, she goes down, decides she's going to go to Vegas. Her cousin, Corey, I'm sorry, her name is Sandra. Her cousin, Corey, is a dealer at Bellissimo Hotel, which uh, pretty much sounds like Bellagio. 
And the, the funny thing is that it almost put me off at the beginning because I used to work on the strip. I used to be a, a human resources person on the strip and they describe her uniform as being this like super short, tiny dress with platform heels that were not too high that she couldn't make the bed. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if you've ever actually done actual housekeeping on the strip these women are I mean they are muscular they're not wearing super short dresses no matter what the luxury hotel is so but that's a minor concern she ends up having to clean the owner of the hotel's uh, kind of condo and he thinks that she's a plant so their first encounter is he he thinks she has a a wire on her and so he rips off her dress and scares the shit out of her so that she pees she actually pees in front of him which I thought this is just a weird way to start a book but it was kind of interesting I wondered where they were heading with the peeing but they didn't go there it was just that one event. And so then when he realized she's not, she doesn't have a wire, he helps her in the shower and he's very loving. They have this relationship that he's so drawn to her. His whole family is Vegas underground, which I've seen is pretty common in Vegas books, which is this kind of underground because of course Vegas has a mob history. And, but he's on straight and narrow. So he has his casino, he's trying to run it uh, very legally. And she, she has a situation where she's living with her cousin, Corey, but Corey's boyfriend is an asshole and Corey's boyfriend is always hitting on her. Of course, Nico, that's the main character. So Sandra's, Sandra's the main female character. Nico happens to visit her to apologize for yet another thing of him being aggressive. And he finds Corey's boyfriend sort of attacking her and pulls her and brings her back, sets her up in the hotel. They're still having this sexual relationship. They're very attracted to each other. He's going to put her in charge of all the art at Bellissimo. So everything's going well. He wants her to meet his family. She meets his family, but she hears everybody in the background talking about her. Turns out, shocking, Nico is actually committed to Mary another mafia family's daughter so she gets very upset again like surprise surprise runs back to her family in illinois and he he's threatened with losing her the mafia the other mafia family's daughter also doesn't want to marry him so they've been committed essentially since birth and she wants to marry her bodyguard, which I'm pretty sure is another of the book in the series. And she approaches him and says, why don't you just pay me to go away and be hidden? And then you, you don't have to marry me. So everybody saves face. He decides he wants to marry Sandra. Well, he already decided he wants to marry Sandra. He also wants to get out of the business. So he goes to his brothers. He takes Sandra to his brothers. His brothers basically beat him down. And that's how he gets out of the actual mafia and he gets to rent his hotel. He's still part of the family, but he gets to rent his hotel legally. He convinces Sandra to marry him. They have a huge wedding. All of his family are there and everybody lives happily ever after. Uh, Plus setting up the next, 
which isn't just about uh, the other mafia girl and her bodyguard, but sets up, I, I'm pretty sure like other book in the series because Corey, remember the cousin? She's meeting Nico's younger brother who's coming to help him run the casino. So I started to get so excited. One of the best things about this book, it's pretty, it's long enough, but it's pretty short. Like you can read it in a couple of afternoons or you could finish it by the pool with your spouse and it's still very hot, pretty quick. And I love it. So I'm really looking forward to reading more in this particular series. I gave it, I mean, I give it a good eight or nine out of 10, just for pure romance trope reasons, just enough character development, you know, not so much that it bogs it down. And I would call the spice four out of five, but it depends on your scale. And my spice scale four is graphic sex scenes, not a lot of kink or dark romance, but still graphic and lots of descriptions. So loved it. I just thought it was great. I can't wait to read more of her, more of this particular series. I kill for graphic detailed descriptions. That is my absolute favorite. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is great. And I know that you guys somewhat talk about the quotes. And so I did actually have yeah. a quote, which is kind of funny. First, I wanted to give the quote about the short skirt and the platform heels, because it's um, if you live in Las Vegas, it's pretty funny. But the one that I thought was a little bit interesting is he's talking about why he wants to run the casino and be legit. And he said, I didn't want to spend my life looking over my shoulder for the next gunman or fed trying to bring me down. I believed big corporations do the same, uh, do the same kind of shit. And my family did that my family did on the street on a, and on a large scale, it's legal. And I wanted to do that large scale, which I thought was a little bit political to talk about the large corporations doing the same thing mm -hmm. as the criminals. So definitely not a political book by any stretch of the imagination, but an interesting book to put, an interesting quote to put in the, in the romance book. So that's what I read. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm going to need, this is my perfect merge of Vegas. Was it rom-commy? It wasn't rom-commy at all, actually. It was very, it was very angsty, like, she was like, oh my gosh, why am I attracted to this guy who's always spanking me? I mean, it was like, <laughs> I don't consider spanking kink at this point, but so it was a little bit of spanking, you know, it's like, oh, you're a bad girl and spanking you. And uh, so there was that. He was just very possessive. But again, he was very, if I, if I could, like cinnamon rolly possessive. There is nothing dark about this guy. Like, I would want to meet him and say, hey, how's it going? Can I have dinner at your hotel? Like nothing wrong with this guy. He's pretty cool. I like that. that. That reminds me of a TikTok I saw by indie romance bitches. They do like a lot of wrecks. And one of the things that people had requested was golden retriever hero, daddy dom vibes. And <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was Jonas, which... I don't know if you've read any of my books. Someone called him a cinnamon roll hero that looks like he could kill you, but could actually kill you. Yeah, um, that's accurate. <laughs> I know, my forever love. Oh, I did have, that reminded me, Stacey, that I did have a quote, which is actually from the author's note. This book is chock full of hilarious rom-com moments, but it's also spicy as hell. We're talking all the sexy. Now that you know that, don't contact the authorities 
on us because the bet heats up your device, makes your house feel like the AC broke, and requires that you read while sitting in front of a fan. Monroe consumes a borderline illegal amount of coffee and constantly checking in with the parole officer would really put a damper on our writing productivity. Also, due to the hilarious and addictive nature of this book's content, we do not recommend reading in public spaces, reading in a bed next to a light sleeping spouse and or a pet and or a child, reading on a date, reading on your wedding day, reading during the birth of your child, reading while eating and or drinking, reading at work, reading this book to your boss and or reading while operating heavy, heavy machinery. Also, if you suffer from bladder incontinence due to age, pregnancy, childbirth, etc., we recommend wearing sanitary products and or reading while sitting directly on a toilet. <laughs> oh my gosh that is so so amazing I love that I I love that so there's another author her name is Don Dougal and she does rom-coms and she has something similar like a super funny kind of warning if you will about her rom-coms she's yeah I think you guys like her too I'm definitely gonna have to use that rec for later Kelsey, I know we're about to get to your book, but this is just reminds me of the book I just read, which just goes to show the difference in my reading tastes. I've been reading this series um, called The Royals of Foresight, but this the first books or the first three books are Lords of Pain, Lords of Wrath, and Lords of Mercy, and it's a dark bully RH, uh, just like really really fucked up, and just like all around just ridiculous but the author's note is so so different it is like if you know us in real life like stop reading like you'll hate these heroes like we love them but they're terrible people this is a book of nightmares if the first book was too hard for you stop reading don't read the second book oh my god talk about like missing out i feel like i have not read any of these dark bully romances yet but i've I've actually thought I need to write these. I've been to read them because I think I can write them. Yes. <laughs> I, love that. I mean, I, I, I like what I write, but I'm always wanting to do something different. So I kind of wonder. So have well, you ever, I know this is probably edited out, but have you ever thought about like switching genres summer, like thinking, oh, I would like to read that. In terms of writing or reading? Writing. Have you ever thought about jumping genres? Yeah, so... I actually started off thinking just historicals. I, I'm a very like, I have anxiety and OCD. So hyperfixation is like the name of the game. Yeah. So when I started writing, I was in a big outlander historical <laughs> romance phase. And I literally would look at recommendations for books and they wouldn't be historical. And I'd be like, what is the fucking point if it's not historical <laughs> romance? Like, why does anything else exist? Orgasm. <laughs> one answer <laughs> exactly so then I got stuck on then I got on book talk and just progressively got more exposed to dark romance and it makes absolute sense that like I as somebody who would skip hanging out with friends on a Friday night in high school to watch the criminal minds marathons that were on every Friday night oh my god my daughter's saying you and my daughter would be like, and as Summer's was, friend in high school, I can attest to this as well. Summer was too busy to hang out. My What's daughter is saying Criminal Minds and Law and Order SVU. I, I have a, if I can just do a brief, like my, my daughter was watching Law and Order SVU. I let her watch anything. I was one of these like, let your kid watch what they want to watch. It's like, she's aged like eight or nine and watching that. And 
she says to me, I mean, this is this part is the beginning isn't funny, but the second is. She's like, Mom, what are they talking about rape? And I'm like, I can't tell my daughter the facts of life in that context, right? I mean, it's like not okay. So I tried, so I was like, well, let me say that's like something different, but let me tell you exactly what happens between a man and a woman or whatever. That's kind of, you know, this. And because that's always like when they ask, you answer. So then she went to her friends, all of her friends, and basically told them second grade, all the stuff about how the life, the facts of life. I'm hated mother of all of it. And because it's like, why did you tell your kids that? Because she told everybody. So anyway, so I'm, I have that reputation as the mom, the mom who basically taught all of the kids in our neighborhood about sex because my daughter told everybody. And it makes sense that now you are a spicy romance author. It does. Yeah. It really does. These Not... things track. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt you. But no, no, it's okay. But to answer your question, I just thought I was going to be doing historical romance. I actually thought I would never even write blowjobs because as somebody in a queer relationship, yeah. I don't do those very often anymore. I'm, I'm bi, pan, queer, whatever label you want to put on it so I get straight sex as well but I was like you know I I was like I don't really want to write blowjobs like I think it just had been so long since I'd actually enjoyed one that I was like this is never going to be a part of my books next thing I know it's the second book in a series and she's making him like beg for it and it's just like (laughs) and we just like slowly go downhill and we're spiraling and now they're carving initials into each other (laughs) <laughs> so to answer your question, I definitely will continue to write dark romance. I think it would probably be a crazy day for me to ever write a rom-com or something without murder. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I would be worried about you if you did. I do have plans for a mafia romance once I'm done with the Taken mm. series. So do it in Las Vegas. <laughs> do it in Las Vegas. That would be fun. I could come on a It'll be a good excuse. It'd be a good excuse for you to come into Las Vegas. Yes, exactly. Research. Mm-hmm. For sure. I take you to the mob museum. I would take you all, you'd get everything you Stop. needed. Stop. No, uh, mob, the mob museum is amazing. It is so amazing. Gabby for Christmas got me a book. What is it called? It's called okay. The Murder Maps of the USA. <gasps> this is, oh, picture, I- you know, the like infamous mom murders where they would leave a, yeah. a card in their hand she got me this for christmas and i nearly cried summer i am telling you well first of all there's also a, something called positively fifth street which is a good like it's a reality novel about mobs and the killing the mobs related also to uh poker in the world series of poker which is really great if you love that stuff but i swear to god like it if you came to Las Vegas, I would sit you down in my backyard. I'd bring over my daughter and you guys would just talk about crime all the time. <laughs> my, the fact that you have a murder maps, I'm actually going to get my daughter that for, I think, Christmas or something. So thank God her <laughs> husband is a firefighter because she, you know, she feels like some sort of protection. But <laughs> she has a very active imagination. I bet you do too. You, you never, you probably never walked alone at night anywhere without thinking there's a murderer right behind me and he's going to stab me in the back so therefore I better turn around right you probably mm-hmm. always think that yep that's my daughter yeah yep that's me too but that's why I also don't read the books because it makes it worse yeah and that well 
I always thought my mom always told me I was going to get murdered, but I never, but that was before reality shows came in to, you know, play. So now mm-hmm. she's my daughter's all reality shows. Anything can happen. My mom still thinks I'm going to get murdered. I'm going on a trip this summer. And she's like, you're going to be murdered. My friends actually told me they were like, have you, they're like, are you aware of the kidnapping and murder rates when someone travels? And I'm like, you know what? Thank you for reminding me. I was aware of it, but just thank you for throwing it back into my face as I plan for this trip. By yourself or with Mr. EMT or with Mr. Sugar Daddy or with one of your other entourage guys. (laughs) Okay. So here's the thing. I was in a four-year relationship with someone and we built out a VW bus and then we built out like a, not a sprinter van, but like a Ram van with uh-huh. the intention of traveling. Cause I have always wanted to travel. Uh-huh. We went on two weekend trips together. So now I'm like, fuck the patriarchy. I'm going by myself. So I'm building out my own. No, no, you're not. Stacey, I'm with your mother. No intervention right here. It's too late. I've already decided it's like set in stone. I'm going, I'm being very safe about it though. Like in all the ways that you can be safe, I'm being safe about it. I could list, I have a list that I've sent my mother. I could send it to you too of, as to all of my safety precautions because I happen to enjoy my life and I would like to keep living it. But, but you know what, Kels? If you die, that's fine because Summer and I will have fodder for a new book. So <laughs> we're okay with that. <laughs> right. I think Summer to hunt down my murderer, honestly, yes. Summer. This will be the opening scene. Summer will do her book. I'll do mine. But the, the <laughs> opening scene will be like, and when she was on a podcast, she was talking about how everybody warned her not to go on a trip. <laughs> Stacy, I read your book. So the book that I read is called The Gamble by Stacy, And okay, let me just jump into it. So we have two main characters. There's, tell me if I'm saying this wrong, but it's Alessandra. Okay, so it's Alessandra and it's also Bo. Okay, so it's Alessandra who is a, the top manager of a huge like casino resort. And she has worked super hard to be in this position. And she is married to her career. There's also our other main character, Bo. And Bo is a gambler for a living. And he has also worked very hard to get where he is. Now, they have had history in the past that we slowly learn about. Where they, like, once upon a time were together. Had, like, a super passionate experience. But in the end, Bo ended up doing something that cost Alessandra her job. And she was like... I just can't continue with this. Like, it's just not going to work out at this point. So they split ways. And I think it's like 10 years later that they finally like cross paths again. And they cross paths because Alessandra is unfortunately desperate to get enough money into her casino within a very short time frame in order to keep her job. Because there's some shareholders who are like, if you don't get a certain amount of money by the end of the month, like no dice, we're selling and you're going to lose your job. And she's like, I love my job. I've worked so hard to get here, especially after I've been burned in the past by, lo and behold, Bo, that I need to keep my job. So she talks to her like right-hand woman and she's like, we should bring in Bo. And Alessandra's like, absolutely not. And her right-hand woman doesn't understand why Alessandra is saying no, but still she convinces her, we need to bring in Bo. He's the only one available. Everyone else is at different poker tournaments. Like This is who we need to bring in. He's had a lot of money this year. He's going to be our ticket. So they bring him in and Alessandra is panicking on the inside 
But externally, when she goes to meet him, she's like calm, cool, and collected because internally she's like, you fucked up my life and I'm not going to let you fuck it up again. And honestly, I need you to spend all of your money at my casino and lose it so that way I can keep my job. But she's not really going to tell him that. So she just like greets him with a cool handshake and just this like can-do attitude of like, thank you so much for coming here. Like, we hope your stay is so welcome. And Bo never got over her. This is the only girl he's ever loved. And he's like, oh my gosh, she's as stunning as the first day I ever met her. Like, what happened? Why does she see, why is she acting like she doesn't even know me? Like, we totally know each other. I used to give her so many orgasms. Like, this is his internal thought process. And one of the things that I love that you do, Stacey, is you really help show the history of them by having them both like dive back into memory lane, but not just in a casual sense. Like there was this sexy limo scene that happened involving a blowjob between the two of them, like back in the day that I was like, this really helped me understand as the reader their history, but also really threw in a good amount of smut. So I just would like to say thank you. Cause like, it could have been like an innocent, like, oh, we were in the casino one day talking. Like, no, you gave me the smut scene and that's what I needed that early in the book. So thank you for that. I really enjoyed You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> so at this point they are, you know, Alessandra's like, here's my right-hand woman. She's going to be showing you around for the weekend or for your stay, like enjoy your time. And she just disappears. Right-hand woman gets sick and now needs to pass the baton back to Alessandra and say, hey, like you've wined and dined many people before. Like it's just time to wine and dine him. Make sure that he is comfortable and we'll get his money. Like this is our last shot. Like suck up whatever issue you have with him and just get it done. So she goes and she tries to get it done. And in the beginning, they keep a very professional exterior but internally she is just like melting around him and he's like she's like oh my gosh he smells the same as he used to like I should not be reacting this way like he burned me like why am I having such a physiological reaction and he is also just like mentally distraught over her being like why did it never work out like she's the one person who it could have worked out with but also with my life as a gambler it's a really hard situation to be in they both have family history where they both have had a gambler in their family and a partner in their family who like have not entirely succeeded because of the gambling lifestyle. So like for Alessandra, her mom and her gambling dad, like her dad ended up throwing away all their money and like she lost her house and his, her mom like stuck with him the entire time. So she's like, I'm anti-gambler. I'm not going to ever date a gambler. Like they have no security. And for him, Bo, he's like, okay, so my dad's the gambler, but he was never around. And my mom died all by herself because all of us were gambling. And like, that's not a life that I ever want to bring anyone in because my lifestyle is just so erratic that I'm always going to be gone. So that's like their family history. That's definitely very important for when you get to the end of the book. It kind of helps just like drive their character. And that's another thing that I want to compliment you on. They have a beautiful surrounding character. Like I know the characters, I understand the characters and I slowly get to peel them apart like layer by layer, which is exciting because I'm a character person, not only a smart person. <laughs> um, okay, but as you can imagine with these pheromones flying, they're still attracted to each other. Alessandra like lets him kiss her once and then is like, oh, this is such a bad idea, but like keeps the professional backs off. And then before you know it, they're just like fucking like, it's just like, 
just happening. But then she panics again and she just like leaves immediately afterwards. And he's just like laying in bed being like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I thought we were making headway. Like, we just had a beautiful dinner. We just had a great fuck. And now she's gone. Like, what what happened? So that's definitely, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say miscommunication. It was more of they were trying to, they're both trying to figure out their own lives and seeing if they can like cohabit with each other. Like if that's even a possibility while at the same time, there's the stressor for Alessandra of I need to keep my job. And like, I want Bo to like lose all of his money, but now I'm seeing him win it and I'm still happy for him because he's being successful. I do not want to say too much because I want our mm-hmm. readers to like be surprised. So I will say that there is one moment towards the end of the book where Bo like learns about something very important regarding Alessandra and then does this like big grand gesture in order to like help her achieve her dreams like meet her goal and then after that there's also this like fantastic twist at the end that I'm just like so into and I know Stacey you know what I'm talking about but there was this fantastic (laughs) twist at the end I do I know (laughs) (laughs) and it really but it really helped like it really helped because like for a second I was like is there going to be an HEA because it's not looking like it and then all of a sudden there magically was but in a way that it still made sense so thank you for that because HEAs that come out of like the blue, like that just drop down from the sky, like I'm still happy for them, but I like it more when they make sense. So thank you for that. I just, I like that I get to thank you because I enjoyed reading it so much that I don't often get to thank the authors. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I honestly, I had so much fun writing this. I, I just, of course that's, I mean, I wrote this, I wrote the, like the next two in the series because I just love these people. I have to say the second you saw where the second book was going, right? Did you see who was going to be the, maybe, yeah. Yeah. So Wyatt, the owner, is this in the second group? And I love their story the best. I love I'm excited Wyatt. about that. I'm really yeah. excited about that. I mean, I love Bo and Alessandra, but yeah, I also love the second one too. So I'm yeah. glad that you liked, you liked the ending. Did you like the ending? <laughs> I liked it a lot. And I also really liked, I should have said this in the beginning or the middle of my little recap here. I grew up watching the World Series of Poker with my dad. So that's like my only tie to any kind of gambling. But like there was so much like well-built-in background knowledge as to not just like, not the history of gambling, but just, well, there was a little bit of history of gambling, Mm -hmm. but also just the mechanics of how it works and the math behind it. And although I'm not entirely math-minded, like I still really appreciated that as like a world-building moment of like how incorporating it is to both of their lives and how much they need to like have an understanding of it. So I think that was really well done. Okay. So rating, I mean, for it being a first draft, that's a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, really like summer. I love you to pieces, but like I've read some of your first drafts and I've been very confused. (laughs) So more like in your, more like your first book, summer, your, your growth as an author is just like, I want to cry about how wonderful it is. But as your first draft, Stacey, like I'm just, I was blown away. So 10 out of 10. And the smut, it was there. It was giving. I enjoyed that as well. What is your rating for the smut? Because I'm like, it's very standard, right? Nothing too 
it's not kinky at all, but it, I, I like to think it was graphic. That's what, whenever the first sex scene, I have to say, I was like, oh, I, this is why I can't submit to Harlequin. Like I, I, I cut it out. I wrote this first sex scene. I cut it out because it's too spicy for Harlequin because I originally thought maybe I'd submit there. And then I was like, no, I want this sex scene. And so I put it back in and said, I'm going to do indie. But for me, it's a, for me, it's a three and a half, four. But I think for in current standards, it might be a little bit lower than that. I'm not sure. I would, my, also my personal standard is not, I would say the general public. So like, I'm going to label it like a two out of five, but with the, like the note of, I love it being graphic. And if it was simply like a graphic scale, it'd be like a four out of five. Oh, got it if that makes sense. But like for me, my actual just smut scale or my spice scale is really like how kinky does it get and how many partners yeah. are there? And is there going to be an alien whose penis glows? Like yeah. gonna, <laughs> at this point, that's what puts it up on the scale. And I never thought I would say that, but here I am saying it like sex club. No, that's a three out of five. Like, sorry. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I, I think a, a lot of people are like that. And I, I had posted something on TikTok about a, a spice reading and my spice reading was more like four is graphic, but not kinky. Five plus is kinky with aliens and all of that stuff. But some people challenged me, I mean, in a very funny way, they would be like, wait a minute, what's a seven? Is that when the aliens come in or whatever? <laughs> so it was like one was sweet romance, two was closed door sex you know three was a few a little bit so it was it it is I think there's just so many different readings there really is and I think that's I don't know that's one of the cool things like but I noticed with both of you guys like you said something like oh this resonated with me in the novel or this didn't resonate with me in the novel that I was reading and that's what makes writing and reading so many books so exciting because like you never know what you're going to get next and you never know if there is going to be that one line that just like sells the book for you or maybe it's the two lines that don't sell the book for you, but whatever it is, like for what could be phenomenal for me sucks for summer. And I feel like we get that every single week with the fact that we just have two very different tastes in many ways. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Well, thank you for the feedback, Kelsey. It was really, it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, that most of it resonated with you. And again, I'm always open for critical feedback because I want to grow. I used to be an English teacher, as I said, so I'm always, I'm all about the feedback. So um. oh, well, then, then your first draft is probably leaps and leaps and bounds ahead of my first drafts in terms of grammar and spelling, because oof, I, I had yeah, to that nice part things. is, but I have to say, like, I feel like when you're writing novels, the grammar and spelling are for an editor. Now, because I was an English teacher, kind of some of it naturally comes to me but there's still going to be spelling errors and stuff. So my, like, I might have a clean proof, but the, that doesn't mean the story is the best, right? Because you just always want the story. And I think writing historical romance summer, like I, I, there's no way I could do a clean first draft on that because there's so much history and you have to be attentive to the timeline and that would be hard. I know it's, it's, it's funny because that's what a lot of people say is they're like, oh my God, do you have to do so much research? And I actually find it very freeing to write historical because really? unless you're a huge history buff, like you kind of let things slide, you know, like 
if I was to write in modern day Portland or something, I've visited Portland once for like four days. If I was trying to like write something there and I talked about, you know, certain streets or restaurants, or I didn't get the culture right, like there's going to be a whole population of people who are going to know that that's wrong and can like take it out of the story. Whereas with historical, I consume enough media, whether it's TV shows or books that are in that time period, that that's like almost all the research I need. And then if there's like a specific thing I have a question about, like, was this invented yet? It's a simple Google. Don't you though have to like, like there's only certain sex scenes that you can do, or there's only like the ways that you describe it. I mean, doesn't it limit? Because I wouldn't, I really, other than reading myself, I would not know how to describe, like how do you describe a clip? Okay, so that actually is my, <laughs> Kelsey's laughing because this is like one of the main things that I'm so excited to write the my nub, the romance. Button. Yes, like, okay, so clitoris as a word existed since I think ancient Greece at, in terms of like in a piece of anatomy, but in terms okay. of like, what we think of as a clitoris and the context we use it in, it did not exist. Like nobody was talking about a clitoris and no clit as a word in like day-to-day life did not happen until like the 1960s or 1980s. So it's a very modern word. So that's one of the things that I'm honestly so excited about with to write my mafia romance. That's going to be contemporary mm-hmm. because like you try to make, nub and bud sound sexy like there are just only so many ways you can do bud button i know um, like apex of the thighs like it can be exhausting summer that one's my fave apex (laughs) apex is nice yeah yeah but it's and i definitely like none of my heroines have waited to marriage to have sex in terms of yeah so there's definitely some not some, probably plenty of creative leeway that I give myself. But because it is in a historical context, like nobody, the average reader isn't fact checking it unless it's something like I mentioned Mm -hmm. electricity and it's set in the colonial America. (laughs) I would say though, writing contemporary romance, I wrote this whole scene and for the, the third in the book, I'm almost done with the third in the series, but I wrote this whole scene and I let my husband read it by the way, he thought it was super hot. So um, <laughs> yeah, it led to some more pool activity, but he's like, you use the word clit so much. So when you're running contemporary, <laughs> it's like, then you just want to use clit, 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 clit. And then it's like, does nub sound okay? I don't know. Like pleasure center. I don't know. So it <laughs> almost becomes more complicated because you're like, everybody knows it's a clit. So what are you going to call it? That doesn't sound stupid. Yeah, it's a constant struggle. Yes, it is. It is. When is your, when, when, so you did historical and you switched to mafia. Have you released a mafia yet? I have not. So what is on my like docket is in, I want to say probably November-ish, I'm going to be coming out with like a box set that's going to have all three of my novels that are in a series they're interconnected standalones that's gonna have like bonus scenes so my writing has changed a lot in terms of like darkness and spiciness since the first book so i'm going back and giving it like a spicy makeover 
And then I'm also having a novella that's going to be all three of the couples, like, because they're all friends. So it's going to be a novella with all of them. So that will be like in November, probably. The third book is coming out in a few weeks, actually. And then probably in the new year is when the Mafia series will start releasing. You know what I think is, I was talking to my uh, husband about this. I was like, because I, I I feel like you and I are similar other than a you know 30 year age difference in that like <laughs> I, I love writing so I can write maybe anything. And I, I'm like, I'm starting to look at RMG. Have you looked at RMG? RPG lit, like the, the gaming sort of lit, like that's becoming so hot right now. And I told my, and my son's into gaming and my, my, my son-in-law's into gaming. I'm like, oh, I can only write that. And I wonder if there'll ever be a spicy version. <laughs> I would be so into that. I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So like I have a strong, I have a strong affinity for these things. And if there was all of a sudden like Okay, now I'm picturing like a sexy Dungeons and Dragons like board game where you get to Okay, we're we're doing it right here. Man, that would be so good. Cuz if you read like Ready Player One, which isn't sexy or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, but I've read it. Ender's Game and all that stuff. I'm like, then my husband's like, "You know what? That's pretty specific. You might need to know a little bit more about the games or whatever." I'm like, "I have all these people around me." Yeah, we'll tell you. Yeah, I have to come up with a different like pen name so I don't mix them, you know, <laughs> mix them two together. But are you going to do a different pen name summer? Or are you going to do the um, same? I'm going to do the same because it will still be under the dark romance umbrella because my my historicals, the first one is like not super dark, but after that, they're definitely dark. So it's in that dark umbrella for sure. And I'm curious, are you writing heterosexual romance? Like what, I mean, it just seems like there's also an opportunity in gay romance. No, not yeah, interested, well, huh? Yeah, what's interesting is that like, I, I really like writing straight sex and my sexuality is definitely very fluid. So it's not something that I'm opposed to at all. Yeah. <laughs> and in a way it kind of creates this nice shield because I feel like if I was writing FF, it would it would almost feel like too personal. Like somebody, cause especially since a lot of people don't have experience with FF, like I wouldn't want somebody reading that and you know, inserting me or me and my partner. So I don't know. And Megan Quinn actually, she has articulated this much better than me, but she's, she's married to a woman and she's like one of the top straight rom-com authors right now. And she mm-hmm. talks a lot about how like, she finds comfort in that barrier between writing about something that's not her personal life. I remember her saying that. Kelsey, we texted you and I said, said, how far can come shoot? Like how how far can the ejaculate go? Far. Far. (laughs) Because I was, (laughs) I was, I wrote this short story and they have a, a scene in the shower and he's not, He's not actually inside of her, so I wanted it to be accurate that it did it did it hit the shower wall. <laughs> hit the shower wall? Shoot, if they're doing it right, they can hit the actual wall in the bedroom. <laughs> I mean, it's like pretty. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking old guys. Like my husband's an old guy too. And it's like, yeah, I can, I can go lots of places. 
Accurate. Yeah, it's mm. true. Totally accurate. Okay, I have one ending question for us all. Okay, I'm ready. Actually, I just have an ending question for Stacy because we answered this last week. No, no. <laughs> Actually, no, it's for all of us. Let me just I rephrase it in my brain. One ending more wine for this. I'm already like <laughs> I'm nervous. Okay. I literally have a meeting at 6 30, you guys. My 6 30, but that's okay. It's a it's a meeting with a friend. It's a work <laughs> meeting, but it's <laughs> at least it's still with a friend. So if your cheeks are a little pink, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I'll go put on some stuff. Anyway, what's your question? Okay. Question for all of us, just to end on a high note. If there is one sex toy, only one sex toy that you can use for the rest of your life, what is it going to be? Okay, well, I feel like this is personal to me and I take the challenge because in addition to the clitoral stimulator, I found this other sex toy because now I spent $350. So this other sex toy is, you probably, it's like three pronged. So, yes. So <laughs> you have, and it was like small little, you know, it was like small with like beads on it and stuff, nothing too big for the back door. Then it had the normal that curved up for the G spot. And then it had the traditional rabbit like prongs. That is probably the one I couldn't live without. Although this new clitoral stimulator, I feel like if I was going to invent one, it'd be the back door plus the big one plus maybe the new clitoral stimulator on the top as opposed to the rabbit. So let's invent another one and sell it. So I think couldn't live with millions. That's what I think. Yeah. So. That would be the one I would probably couldn't live with that. But if I'm just gonna take whatever, like just simple, well, you know, frankly, sometimes even though I complained about it being historical, sometimes just the standard vibrator is gonna do the trick. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're versatile enough. Like if you get the proper sized vibrator, like proper as in versatile size, Mm-hmm. you can have a lot of action with it. So that was going to be my choice was a vibrator of, in my mind, the perfect size for a whole host of activities. That, that is a really, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. It has to be versatile. I agree. I mean, so. if it's going to be what I have for the rest of my life, but I had about 30 different settings and the very, <laughs> well, because you know, I'm going to get tired of a few of them. Um, that's a good point too. My, and my also, I would want something that I could take on a plane in my carry-on without fear of being like, I don't know, discovered because you can't really put it in your carry-on because they're going to see it. But if you put it in your suitcase, it's going to start vibrating. I actually had, true story, I had a, like a, a Sonicare toothbrush that started vibrating in my suitcase on a work trip. Oh, yeah. Yikes. And I was literally saying, like, it is my toothbrush to like prove it. So I finally, I really did have to prove it. But that's what it was. But I want something that's not going to just, I don't know how to do it. Like, I don't know something that's randomly not going to go off. Okay. I actually do. I have have one. You do? Well, I have one that honestly, as a a toy, it kind of sucked, but it does have like a, a safety 
lock like travel mode on it where you can i forget how you said it but it, you said it somehow where in order to turn it on you have to do like a certain combination of like presses and holds and things that would make it nearly impossible to turn on accidentally okay can you email that to me because i, I need it <laughs> yes, right trip. i will and then in terms of answer to kelsey's question mm -hmm. honestly my trusty 30 dollar knockoff wand thing i got on amazon lowest setting does it for me every time and there's like eight more of that so if i'm gonna have it for my whole life it's it's summer you have to get this other one like <laughs> i think we all need to up our game just for like for birthdays summer how about for birthdays this year we just send each other sex toys oh like i'm not opposed to this together. and your birthday is coming up i don't know if you guys have tried this yet but have you done the remote vibrator where you like do the public thing on my bucket list i was just telling mr emt about this Okay, so I bought it because yeah. I'm like going to a concert this weekend. I'm hoping it arrives before then. So Mr. Suzanne and I are thinking he doesn't even know what's coming. So <laughs> I've used it before a long time ago, but then it like broke and everything. And so I'm like, eh, I'm gonna try it. That that's hot. That's a hot, I know. hot experience. A lot. Oh, okay. This was a lovely thing to end I on. I know. Now I'm just going to go on Adam and Eve and spend $350 as well. <laughs> I feel like that's what's about to happen. Oh, okay. Well, Cece, thank you so much for coming on. Remind us where we can find you on the interwebs, what your handles are. Oh, sure. Actually, on TikTok, I'm at Spicy Romance Writer. I'm on Facebook at Stacey Suzanne. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Stacey Suzanne as well. So, and my books come out in the in July, and then the remainder of the series comes out two and three months later. So looking forward to that. And I hope everybody loves Las Vegas. And I live in Las Vegas. So anybody who wants to drop me a line at authorstaciasuzanne.com, I'm happy to give you some Vegas tips. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. And I think that's it. We'll, we'll see everyone in the next. Thank you again so much. This was really fun. Maybe not so fun for my um, wallet after <laughs> I hit the sex <laughs> toy market. <laughs> <laughs>